Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. If you want to have your say on anything on the show today, you can. You can join in on the Temper at Bedshed text line. That is 0487 736 736, or you can call us on the open line 13 12 55. Joining us on the show now, Val Febo. He's part of the Breakpoint podcast. He's part of the first serve team on SEN. He's been following the French Open at Roland Garros. Val, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, my uh, sleep deprivation is, is at an all-time high at the moment, the way, uh, the way Roland Garros is going. There's been a lot of long matches that have extended late into the night here, but it's been, um, it's been a wonderful tournament so far. So it looked a bit more routine, though, for the big guns overnight, didn't it? Uh, a few straight set results uh, enabling Sitsipas, Djokovic and Elkaraz in particular to get through and conserve some energy. Yeah, it certainly did. It was um, it was a night that I sort of didn't expect for for Carlos really, because the last time he took on Italian Lorenzo Musetti in the Hamburg final last year, Musetti actually came up with the win. Um, and the way that he's been playing, he dispatched Cam Norrie in the um, in the third round in straight sets. I thought Alcaraz might have a bit of a tough time, but the way that he handled the situation was just perfect. He's He's a wonderful player and he's going to just get better and better over time. He's only 20 years old and he's already winning these matches like it's just his, his morning routine. And, um, you know, his match against Stefanos Tsitsipas in the quarterfinals is going to be one of the all-time classics at Roland Garros because Tsitsipas has just been able to hit his straps a little bit, um, was able to account for Sebastian Ofner last night. And as you said, Novak Djokovic as well, he got through over one Pablo Varias um, in straight sets. Varias had come through three five setters in a row um, and, you know, made the fourth round of a Grand Slam for the first time in his career, actually made the second round of a Grand Slam for the first time in his career at the French. So, um, you know, it was a big run for him and I think he just ran out of puff. And against Djokovic, that's very easy to do. So do you see Alcaraz as the natural successor to the big three? Is he the one that will take the crown from them? I think so. And, and I think the succession plan has already begun really the the way that he played at the US Open to win it last year was mightily impressive and he won that with Nadal in the draw but I think the big one for him is now he's in the same side of the draw as Novak Djokovic if he plays Djokovic in the semi-finals and beats him and then goes on to win the title I think that's the big test because he needs to I think people are still skeptics over when there's a member of the big three in the draw, whoever they play, they are automatically going to win. So I think that's pivotal for Alcaraz. Should he meet Novak in the in the semis, I think he just needs to win that match, which I have all faith that he can do because he's got the belief. He's beaten Djokovic before. Um, he's beaten Rafa before on clay. He knows how to win these matches and he has the belief that he can do it over five sets. He's fit. He's a young bull. He's ready to go. And I, I think, look, he, he deserves to be the favourite. He's world number one. Djokovic hasn't really given us the sample size of, of results over the last few months, hasn't actually won a title since, uh, since the Australian Open. 
So I, I think Carlos deserves to be the favourite, and I think the succession plan is well and truly on. He's he's the world number one, and he's playing unbelievable tennis. Sitsipas is one of a group of players that nearly got there, nearly challenged the big three, and has never quite been able to. What are his chances against Alcaraz in the quarters? I don't think there's much, to be honest. The way the recent meetings between the two um, ha, have gone to Carlos and, and they played in the Barcelona final just last month and Alcaraz was able to handle Steph pretty convincingly in straight sets. Um, so I think this might be the end of the road for Tsitsipas. It probably won't be a straight set win for Alcaraz. If it is, I'll be even more, uh, more driven to think that he is the favourite for the tournament. But yeah, I think I think Alcaraz should handle him in, in about four, and it's unfortunate for Steph because him and Zverev and you know other guys and Andre Rublev have been sort of that next gen for so many years that we're going to be the ones to take over the mantle of the big three. But Alcaraz and Sinner and Holger Rune have all come through, and now they look like they're the next ones to do it. And Alcaraz already has with the Grand Slam, so. It's a little bit of a disappointment for um, for Titi Pass, but you know he's he's still a chance to get that world number one ranking after the after the tournament. So he's going to be driven and, and willing to go as far as he can to win this. What does he have to do? Do you think what's the part of Sitsipas's game that's meant he's come up a bit short? He's a great shot maker, plays with a lot of flair. Is it consistency or is it just uh, durability to be able to hang in these long games like like brutes like Alcaraz and Nadal have always been able to and Djokovic for that matter? I think there's a little bit of physicality early on in his career. There was a match in 2020 at the French Open where he came from two sets to love down against Djokovic to force a fifth in the semis. But Djokovic started playing all these drop shots, ensuring that Tsitsipas would cramp up. And it was the perfect tactic from Djokovic. But now it's more mental. That 2021 Roland Garros final when he was up two sets to love against Novak and lost, that hurt him for a very long time. A very long time. And then he makes the Australian Open final this year. Will things be different? And Djokovic handles him with utter ease. So I think mentally that's been the biggest problem because he's got the shots, he's got the game style to do it. But whether he can just hold out mentally, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. So that, that's always going to be the big one. Who does Djokovic play in his quarterfinal, Bell? He plays Karen Kashinov, the uh, the big Russian, uh, the yep. Russian Hemsworth they call him. Um, but <laughs> he's a he's a great great player, um, and he's the only player to make the uh, the last three quarterfinals at the last three majors. So he's in good form. Um, he beat Kyrgios last year at the U.S. Open, and he's just continued his um, his consistency, and he can do it on all surfaces. Um, he's a very good clay quarter for a big guy and, and a hard hitter. Um, and, and Djokovic might have his work cut out for him. He hasn't really played a player that hits the ball like this um, and is as consistent as this. He had Martin Fucevic in the second round. But Kashanov is a different kettle of fish and it might not be so straightforward for Djokovic. What about on the other side of the draw? The other side of the draw, this is so open. It's magnificently open, really, because you've got Holger Rune. He's there. He'll be taking on uh, Francisco Cerundolo from Argentina. That's their fourth-round clash tonight. Um, the Dane should get through that one pretty comfortably, but then then you get the quarterfinals against the against last year's defending runner-up, Casper Ruud. Now, I believe the winner of this one will make it through to the final because both of them 
are in well, Rude not so much as he was last year, but he's he seems to be building towards something here. Clay's his best surface. He's got great memories at Roland Garros from last year. But Runa is in unbelievable form. The way that he's been playing to make the Monte Carlo Masters final and the um and the Rome final. He loves Clay. He's confident. He's young. He wants to win a Grand Slam. He said he wants to win one this year. That's his goal. He's 20 years old. He's driven. He wants to win this. So it's probably going to be either Rune or Runa or Rude. And then you've got the bottom quarter of the draw where Alexander Zverev is there. But last year, I would have said it's probably a walk in the park for him to get to the final. But his ankle injury has held him off for such a long time and he's only just starting to sort of build back now. So takes on Grigor Dimitrov um, tonight, which will be a really interesting contest. And then you've got Thomas Martin Echeverry against Yoshihito Nishioka. One's unseeded. The other one's the 27th seed from Japan. who's in his second week of the French Open for the first time. So this one could go either way, but I do believe it's um, Zverev probably gets to a semi, but will get stopped by Runa or Rude. The women's looks like it's headed towards a Sabalenka-Sviatek final. Yeah, it's looking ever more prevalent, isn't it? Iga Sviatek is playing just unbelievably well. She's taken four six-love sets in her three matches so far, which is that is that is taking the P one double five, if you ask me. She's <laughs> just playing so well, and the confidence that she has at Roland Garros almost rivals that of Nadal because she just doesn't lose at the venue. She's won two of the last three editions and the one match that she lost, she was actually carrying the injury. So I'm so impressed with what she's been able to put together. She's been by far and out the best player on tour since Ash Barty retired. Um, She'll take on Ukrainian Lacia Sorenko tonight. So that should be really interesting. But then Coco Goff, she's the interesting prospect here. If they meet in the quarterfinals, who knows what happens there? Goff is a French Open finalist. We know that from uh, from last year. So the rematch of the final could be well and truly on. But yeah, the way that Arena Sabalenka is playing, she dispatched Sloane Stevens last night. And um, Stevens, the 2018 finalist, knows how to play on clay. And Sabalenka is enjoying her deepest run at Roland Garros. Um, she'd only ever gotten to the third round before. So now she finds herself in a quarterfinal. She's you know, the calendar Grand Slam is on for her, so she'd be even more driven. She won the Australian Open, of course, and Wimbledon is a, a tournament that suits her a lot in terms of her game style. So I think she, she's brimming with confidence at the moment. But you've also got um, Alina Svitolina. She plays her in the quarterfinals tomorrow night, um, and Svitolina's on an eight-match winning streak. She came back from um, having a child on April 2nd. She was ranked outside the top 1,000. The live ranking is back inside the top 100 with how she's been playing. So it's not going to be easy there for Arena Sabalenka. Um, Anastasia Pavlochenkova, last, uh, the 2021 runner-up, she's still in the draw. Um, and then, yeah, you've got um, the likes of Beatrice Admire from Brazil. She's not a bad player. And on Jabor, you know, she's contended for two Grand Slams over the last um, couple of, or over the last year at Wimbledon and the US Open, losing in both finals. So um, it is, it is, Seemingly, as you said, Mark, looking like a eager the arena final, but I'm not so sure just yet, but I'm starting to tend to agree with you. So what sort of tournament has this been for the Australians? We're used to seeing this end of uh, Roland Garros with no Australians in it, but how, how did we go, do you think, this year? Better than I thought we would, to be honest. Um, you know, look, it was very unlucky for Benassi Kokonakis 
not to push Karen Pashinov further. Um, you know, he served for the fourth set to take it to a fifth from two sets to love down and um, had a set point, dropped it, was up 4-1 in the fourth set tiebreak and then fell over on the on match point down, which just sort of typified that fourth set really. And um, look, Jason Kubler getting through to the second round was a really good performance. Um, Max Purcell winning his maiden Grand Slam um, main draw match. I think that was massive. Storm Sanders as well. She pushed Svitolina, was actually up a set and a break against her. So that was mightily impressive. But then you've got Alex Demonor, who's never performed too well at Roland Garros, whose second round was his career best performance. And Thomas Martin Echeverry handled him with, with utter contempt, really. It was 6 3, 7 6, 6 3. And um, there wasn't really much that Demon All could answer in that contest. So his clay court game is probably the one that he really needs to repair and uh, and get back to or get up into into the top echelon because that's where you lose Demon All for three months a year um, or for two months a year in April and May where he just can't get the ranking points that he needs to push on. Grass is a great surface for him and he made the fourth round at Wimbledon last year. But yeah, the clay courts uh, still seem to haunt the Australians. What is Kokonakis's ceiling now, do you think? He's, I think he started this at 108 in the world. I would imagine he climbs a little bit off the back of the third round. But um, where can he get to? Can he get to top 50? Can he get to top 20 or 30 um, after all his injury setbacks? Look, I believe that Kokonakis is a top 30 player. I really do. I think his game is there. The foundations are there. And he's missed a, a massive body of, of work in his career with injuries, whether that's, you know, his pectoral, his shoulder, you know, he's had so many problems, which is so unlucky because he was, he was destined to be right up there with, with Kyrgios. And, you know, when Tomic was still around, everyone was talking about those three guys, you know, pushing forward. And then Demon all comes along. Australian tennis looks wonderful, but um, yeah, it's, uh, look, I believe that he's, he's a top 30 player. He can definitely get there. Mentally, I think is the big one for him to try and just ensure that he doesn't let wonderful opportunities slip because we saw that at the Australian Open when he lost to Andy Murray from two sets to love up. Um, and then also what happened in the fourth set against Kachanov. He managed to get himself back into the match and actually get a foothold into it. And then all of a sudden, the Russian finds a way out and, um, and Kokonakis is left reeling again. But I think there's been so many positives from this. The grass courts should suit his game style. Um, to do what he's done on clay, that's actually been his best French, his best uh, Grand Slam results at the French Open. He made the um, third round in 2015 and now in 2023. So, yeah, uh, I think maybe we have this great white hope on clay now that he might be able to start, you know, pushing for results. But, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think the world is his oyster at the moment, because He just needs to keep his body on the park Focus in the little tournaments because he tends to lift for the big ones. Focus on those little ones, win some more titles and get his ranking into that top 50 for the first time because I genuinely genuinely believe that he can get there. Val, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Uh, make sure you get plenty of sleep during the day in the coming week because it's going to be a big week to come at Roland Garros and I'm sure there's going to be a few more late nights ahead of you. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts thanks. with us. Thanks, Mark. Val Febo from the Breakpoint podcast, part of the first serve team on SEN. And, of course, he's following the French Open at Roland Garros as we speak. We'll be back after the break. If you want to share your thoughts with us, you can on the Temper at Bedshed text line 0487 736 736.